Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Daily Kofefi live version uh, that we do every Friday. Uh, I'm your host, Carter Laren, and I'm joined, as always, by the bad man Majama, Carrie Smith. Carrie? Hi, Carter. How are Hi, you? How are you? I'm all right. How are you doing? I, I, I hear a little bit of an echo this morning. Uh, you're yourself? Yes. I'll, I'll turn you down a little bit. Is that better? Speak. Okay, testing, testing. Yeah. Okay, I can still hear you. I just had it. Maybe I'm just deaf today, so I had it turned up. Um, I forgot to say the date. It is Friday, November 22nd. Um, thank you to everyone who's been. We've got uh, more and more people on Subscribestar, uh, more and more people liking and sharing the content. So um, thank you very much. Really appreciate it. And uh, it's inspiring. We also have people offering to help doing stuff. So in fact, we're having someone start to help, but they would like to remain anonymous. So you know who you are. Thank you. Thank you um, very much. Yeah. So uh, anyway, what's we got people in chat already today? Wow. Yeah. Hi, guys. That's super cool. I love having people in chat already. I, I remember when I first, Carrie, when I first started this, like before you were even around, Mm -hmm. I like, I remember doing videos and like literally no one in, like there was like two people that were subscribed. It was like me and some other random person. I don't know. I wonder who the first person was, but like <laughs> I'd do a video and like, it was a big deal if a person was in chat at all. Um, so that's cool. Uh, this is a definitely a step up. Um, I don't know. So... I got a few things to talk about. Did you like my lovely graphic for today? Yeah, what is that in reference to? So, um, you're not, I'm sure you're, uh, I, you know, I'm not going to say that I'm sure. Are you a gamer? I am. Uh, see? <laughs> were I, you going uh, to say that you were sure I am or I'm not? I was going to say I'm sure you're not into gaming. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I have, an, I have one of the old Xbox 360s. I mostly like the, um, I like zombie theme games, so... Oh, um, Half-Life is coming out with a new game. It's not really oh, zombie, but did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Ah, sorry. I also like Red Dead Redemption. Okay. I, but that has a zombie level. Yeah. I'm probably even less of a gamer than you. I don't know. I like I, there's a couple games that I've played I don't I don't normally play. But uh I kind of go I'm an I have an obsessive mind, so I won't play for like a year and then I'll play obsessively for a month straight. <laughs> yeah, that's probably it. except for I'll probably wait for two or three years in between those months. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Carrie, so uh, this is a great question for you then, um, since you you do play games. How oppressed have you felt by the current controller designs? Uh, oh my goodness! Adequate for your small, frail female hands. Oh my! Are you kidding me? No, I don't feel the question. This just hypothetically. I'm not impressed with a controller at all, except for the oh. fact that I have to do inverted view. And I don't know what weirdo people don't do inverted view. <laughs> Wait, what's inverted view? When you do the neck, if you're looking up and down, like I like to push the neck up to look down and pu push the neck, uh, the joystick thing, that little button. Oh, oh, oh. I do inverted yeah. and apparently that's odd, but I'm like, what? That just makes sense to me. What? What? <laughs> so I feel oppressed. That inverted view is just not. I'm marginalized because I'm one of the inverted view people. Well, apparently, the your marginalization has yet to be addressed. However, Google now. I, I'm going to say this uh, 
like we just have to say this preface. I realize that this is all marketing garbledly, like it's just marketing crap. It's just gobbledygook from marketing. They didn't. There's nothing actually different. Before about you it. tell me what they did, just let me guess. Yeah. The ballpark. Did they make it pink so they can charge more money? No, no, no. They're woke. They wouldn't do that. They made it wasabi because that's gender neutral. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still, wait. Hold on. So uh, maybe I can show a picture of it. So the picture that I used is doctored. I doctored it. I made it have the trans flag colors. But um, this is what it actually looks like. Oh, gosh. Google pronounced gender neutral controller. <laughs> so the guy who designed it. So, I mean, it, there's a lot of like pretentious bull crap about like people use professional knives because they feel great in your hand. And we started with a knife and made the controller better. I mean, it looks basically like every other freaking controller. So. Good on you for a revolutionary design, Google. Um, but they're trying to make it sound like it's this great design. And the guy talks about how, well, people with smaller hands are ignored mostly. And and the designer says, um, let's see, there was about the wasabi color. Oh, actually, so first of all, the designer says, some of our historical competitors in the console space, by the way, you mean the people who actually have console businesses? Uh, some of our historical com competitors in the console space who have been a bit more masculine and a bit more mechanical in their approach. So this controller, I don't know if you noticed, Carrie. Masculine. Even though, even though there is no difference between men and women and it's just a social construct, this controller is still less masculine than the Xbox. Why? I just, I just want you to know. I don't know. Well, partially uh, the problem, I well, guess. No, because Carlin has a good point in the chat. She says, how exactly does something that's the same color of the walls of a dentist's office make people feel empowered? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's definitely, I mean, it is a big crisis that people who, uh, you know, people Wait not comfortable playing video games because the controllers were too scary. Wait, I have a question. So Nip Fragility also says, are small hands in a press category? Um, surprised they're allowed to attack Trump. If so, that's really funny. <laughs> yeah. They should call this the Trump controller. Trump troller. I um, love that. They should totally have called this the Trump controller. Trump troller. Um, <laughs> but here's my question. These are the same people who tell us there are no biological differences between men and women and that biological sex is a social construct and not a real thing and that there are no differences and men should be able to compete in sports with women because their hands aren't bigger. But now they're saying yes, they're, they're competing in virtual sports, in which case their hands, their hands are bigger. Smaller <laughs> wasabi colored controller in order right. to level the playing. This is the thing, they always contradict themselves. It's insane. <laughs> it's like, no, there's no difference at all. This yeah, he's uh he's six foot four and he's got hands the size of your face, but he's got no advantage over you at all. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I just thought you would uh, appreciate that. And while I was looking, so I don't normally, I'm not the kind of person who looks for gaming news, but because I was looking around at this, that's when I find out, found out about Half-Life was why I got excited. Because Half-Life is one of the only two games that I've played in the last decade. Oh no, three games. This is just ridiculous. I mean, I do have little hands. <laughs> I have Trump hands. <laughs> <laughs> I have Trump hands. Why is that okay? funny? It's funny now. It is know. funny, especially my thumb. I have a thumb like my dad's. It looks like a toe. And it's very, it's very small. I don't have any trouble. Even my little thumbs, I don't have any trouble. 
with a controller. I would have trouble playing basketball against someone who's a biological male. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I like the Trump. I, I, I like the Trump controller. Trump troller. Mm-hmm. I was calling it the trans troller, but Trump troller is better. Oh, I thought we'd start with something light, Carrie. Thank you. What do you, got, what do you got on your docket? You got anything you want to talk about? I just saw this right before we started. So I haven't seen the video clip, but you know, we've been talking a lot about Douglas Murray who wrote the book, The Madness of Crowds mm-hmm. and very excited. We're definitely going to read it in book club, although we're probably going to um, vote soon on something to do first. Everybody wants to do that book, but I want to do something first that maybe- I want to do it too, but we're probably going to do a fiction book first. Right. We just don't know what it is. What it is. But so he's been great because he's been doing the interview circuit and he just doesn't give an F. He's like, I'm out there saying, you know, what we're saying about like, like I'm just going to speak the truth and I don't care what you call me. Right. And so he just went on um, the BBC and did you see this? No. This woman says, this woman, Holly Rigby, who's a teacher, by the way, and I haven't watched the clip. I've only seen the fallout on Twitter. That's just against her in my book. Right. Okay. She posts and she writes for The Guardian. Okay. <laughs> So she posts and says, this is at, uh, at Holly A. Rigby, that's her Twitter handle. Today I had to debate the racist, transphobic bigot, Douglas Murray. By the way, I just have a quick question. What? I, I, cause we, I haven't read the book yet. Some people in chat have. Uh, is the book, does the book touch on issues of race or gender? Yes, yes, the book is okay. about SJW ideology. And he oh, I just thought it was it. about crowds generally. No, he did. He oh. goes after the this belief system, from what I understand. Oh, okay, I started okay. reading it, but yeah, he has entire sections on race, sexuality, women. He hits all of their sacred cows, all the marginalized communities, and how okay. the okay. how those people are used by this belief system. Now, I haven't read the whole book either. I'm, let me clarify. But I, what I read, at the, I liked at the beginning, and I definitely want to read it. Here's what's amazing: they brought this woman on to debate him. This teacher this uh, uh, opinion piece writer or whatever, you know, this person who writes for The Guardian. What does she do in her tweet? She doesn't challenge him. She doesn't offer any ideas or arguments. She doesn't say, here's what he's wrong about and why. What does she do? She does what SJWs do. She calls them names. She has no evidence for these accusations. They're horrible slurs, horrible names. To call someone a racist, to call someone a transphobe and a bigot without pointing to any reasons why it's like they're using those words like they're just rocks that you throw at people but they don't mean any like we're not going to back this up if you call someone a racist you better have evidence of it that's a really horrible thing to be a racist it's a horrible thing to be a bigot it's a horrible thing to be a transphobe right? well they're making it not a horrible thing because no one right is what it means anymore like it doesn't it doesn't mean anything anymore they're right so this teacher doesn't provide argumentation right and then she says Today I had to debate the racist transphobic bigot Douglas Murray on politics live. So I brought back up. Here's here's me and it's a photo. Here's me and my sister in the studio after. Obviously, she's wearing her team Hackney Abbott t-shirt. And then she does a little emoji of painting her nails, like we won this debate or something. We see you, bigots. And then she calls him a bigot again. And that's her whole tweet. And so he he remarks about it and he said, Here is a teacher who doesn't read books. <laughs> and he works for a racist political party, poor pupils. So I looked in the comments at what people who watched it were saying, because I haven't found the video clip yet. She admitted apparently that she had not read his book. 
<laughs> they brought her on to debate him and she had not she was criticizing something that they always do this she was criticizing something she didn't even read i love that <laughs> and she's a teacher <laughs> well teacher is now teacher means indoctrinator right i mean that's what that's that's what that means now um but yeah i, I don't know why, why I, lo I love that i love that she didn't read his book because it's so, it's just what they do. It's so, they don't even try to hide it anymore. It's, it's, they're so nakedly obvious. And, but yet people who are in that cult can just look at something like that and glaze over. There were some people in her comment, thankfully it was mostly people who were saying, you're a teacher and you didn't even read the book you're criticizing and all you're doing is name calling. Well, it, in but, fairness, Terry, it was written in English, which is a white male oppressive language. So. Fun. Well, uh -huh. she was typing in English, but she, but but most most of the comments, thankfully, were critical of, her, of the fact that she's a teacher who didn't read the book, that she's criticizing, and that she's name calling. But by the way, Herman says that she said, "I don't need to read it. I don't know. I sorry. I don't need to re read it. I know what Douglas Murray thinks." No, you don't, because you didn't read the book. You know what you think he thinks. You're you're not a mind reader, you idiot. But anyway, so the point about the Twitter is for people who are in that world. They're mostly, again, mostly the comments were critical of her for being a teacher who has not read it and she's criticizing it and she's name calling. But there were a few in there who were in that echo chamber who were like, bravo, you know, you're fantastic. And you're And for those people, I just, I, I wonder about those people. I, I wonder how they can look at something like this that's so obvious, so naked and, and still do the kudos and the claps. It's like, she didn't read the book and you guys, that doesn't matter to you at all. <laughs> nope <laughs> not <bad. laughs> um you know carrie i so i haven't had uh you know we read we read um coddling of the american mind but i had just read righteous mind and i didn't have time to really digest righteous mind afterwards i just jumped right into coddling because i had to get it done for book club and so i've been still digesting the righteous mind a little bit and um I really am enjoying, I mean, I got the rider and elephant metaphor before, but now that I'm uh, thinking in those terms, it's, it's, um, it's really helpful to see and to think like when I ask questions like, like, why are these people, here are some reasons, why aren't they using reasons in return or why, like, it, I, you can see that it's the elephant that's driving and, um, and it really brings up the question, which I, I don't have an answer to, but I'm, I'm starting to rethink how I talk about a lot of issues in order to access their elephant first, because I don't know how to do that. Um, like, I, I don't know. I don't know the best way to do that. And, and, you know, some people I'm not saying that Douglas Murray can magically access the elephant of, you know, this woman's fans on Twitter. But just, you know, in the course of discussion, I just when I see when I hear what you're saying about those people, it's clear that they're just they're activated in the um you know, their elephant is leaning towards the tribe so harshly that there's no way there's there's no argument that that were it doesn't matter that the book wasn't read. Uh, it's our tribe, our tribe, our tribe. Well, and maybe that's why he's actually not bothering to. I mean, I didn't, again, I want to watch the clip. I haven't found it yet. I don't even know if it's up yet. I think this just happened today. He's, he's tweeting about this right now, like 35 oh, minutes really? ago. Yeah, so I don't think the clip is up yet, but um, 
he says, this is maybe why he, he, maybe he knows this is kind of person is unreachable and her followers are unreachable. So he says to her, Holly Rigby, and he tags her, is a racist and a homophobe <laughs> who wants to disappear gay people. Some say I should sue her, but it's just, but I'm just going to play her own game. It's cheaper, easier, more fun, and much less painful for her. <laughs> so basically, <laughs> he's like, you know what? I'm just going to call you baseless names. Like, I don't, I don't do that myself. I will say your ideology is racist and you're saying racist things and you're saying homophobic things. I try not to say you are a racist. Sometimes I fail and I say it. Well, but he's saying it, she's saying it. So he's just. Yeah. So, so this is an interesting tactic though, is what I'm saying. I don't really do this usually, but I like that. he. I kind of like that he's doing it. Some say I should see Yeah. I'm looking at his tweets now. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's tweeting about it right now. Interesting. I just, uh. I mean, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. She is a racist. No, and actually, I think um, I think it's. I, I don't mean I don't know if it's the most effective tactic, but it's certainly not a tactic that you should rule out as as a viable tactic. She she called him racist, turning the rune words back on her. Seems pretty reasonable, but um, yeah, I don't know. <sighs> AZ Gardner in the chat says, it's creepy. My formerly curious chemical engineer brother stopped asking questions when he became an SJW. Yes, they, they do. I did. You stop. They, you, it, it requires you to become intellectually incurious. And you can't, you know, in my case, and uh, with the, if you guys didn't see it yet, we got to talk to comedian Jamie Kilstein yesterday, who was in the same ideology. We both quit reading while we were in it. You have I would to stop have... asking questions because asking questions assumes that you have an independent mind that, and are allowed to exercise independent judgment. Yeah. Like I would have been doing what she's doing. I would have been criticizing him and his book without having read it. That's what SJWs yep. do. Yep. Well, now we can read it. Um, what else you got? Anything else you want to talk about? No, you go next. <laughs> We're taking turns. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't have a lot to say about this, but um, I do want to bring up the leaked the leaked information about the FBI agent um, tampering with the FISA warrant. Did you get you guys hear about that? Mm -hmm. No. Um, so, Carrie, we don't do politics very much on the show, but uh, I know I've talked about this in the past. <clears throat> the FBI went and got. Uh, FISA warrant, um, FISA is basically like a secret court kind of thing you can think of. Uh, they went and got a FISA warrant to tap Carter Page's phone, um, who was, at the time, he was part of the uh, Trump campaign. And based on the three-hop rule for wiretaps, that would have allowed them to basically listen in on anyone in the Trump campaign. I mean, anyone relevant, right? They could have listened in on Trump. And so... Um, you know, that to obtain these this uh, <clears throat> this FISA warrant, there's already a bunch of stuff that I've talked about in the past, which is weird about it. They relied on the dossier that was funded. Uh, looks like it was funded by the opposition. It was they they acted like it was being independently reported from news sources when it wasn't an independent report. Like there's a bunch of problems with the FISA uh, warrant that make it look pretty shady and um, <clears throat> deep state. It's got deep state. Uh, resistance written all over it. However, now 
what CNN reported this yesterday. Um, according to, again, it's CNN, so. But according to them, um, there's a former FBI lawyer who is now part of a criminal investigation um, after allegedly altering the documents related to uh, the 2016 surveillance of Carter Page. Now, this is kind of a big deal because altering documents is, uh, I won't say, I don't want to use the word treasonous. It's not treasonous, but it's it's pretty egregious. Um, it's, a, it's a pretty nefarious thing to be doing. It's certainly illegal. Um, it's certainly immoral and uh, certainly makes this thing, you know, people thought this thing stunk already because there's a lot of things that don't make sense about how the FISA warrant was we uh, obtained. And now it turns out actually uh, someone allegedly, one of the guys is allegedly being uh, investigated for altering the documents, which um, we don't know what they altered. Um, we don't know the significance of what they altered, but we do know um, it's significant enough that um, it, you know, did play a role somehow. So I don't know. Isn't it, isn't it funny how none of this stuff ever matters though? Like, like they, all of the smoke and mirrors that they've been putting up about Russian collusion and the Trump side and whatever. And the more they uncover, the more it makes the Obama administration look really bad in the FBI under Obama. But, and it, it doesn't, seem to matter because the media won't report the media has one specific angle on this and they will not deviate no matter what the evidence no matter the evidence that's uncovered yeah i mean there'll be this this story in cnn but i doubt there's going to be a lot of follow-up and by the way this is i'll read this sentence just just because it's written by cnn and it's just a part of the sentence i'll read uh the alterations were significant enough to have shifted the document's meaning and came up during part of horowitz's fisa review Horowitz is uh, Michael Horowitz, who's the, um, what is he? Inspector General, I think. So, um, you know, Alex Jones, conspiracy theory, conspiracy theory, conspiracy theory. Oh, it turns out the more we investigate, the more these conspiracy theories about the deep state look real. I just thought it was worth mentioning. Uh, yeah, Nip Fragility says, scandal, free administration. That's Biden's talking point. We were a scandal-free administration, except for the IRS and, uh, you know, what was it? So I know there was a bunch of Obama scandals. I'm just blanking on them. There was the IRS one. There's the stuff we're learning about now. Uh, you know. Um, um, well, I got another scandals, one that's a little bit well, of a touchy subject, but if you've no, got No, no, wait, wait, wait. So speaking turn. of scandals, um, I just saw... Now, this is kind of the kind of thing that I don't really... I don't normally, I mean, I don't really care about people who are F-ups in their personal life, but it's interesting to me because of the double standard. So Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, who- I thought we might be going there. Well, yeah, because it's so, um, it's such a double standard. So they, it was just revealed. And again, you don't see the mainstream media talking about this. And I've asked a couple of friends, because I'm just curious, like, have you heard about Hunter Biden? What happened the past couple of days? And they're like, no, what? I'm like, that is so amazing. But like, if no it were- they don't know, but if it were Donald Trump Jr., it would be break. It would be on a repeated 24-hour news cycle. Yes. 
So they just revealed it. So Hunter Biden, right? This is the son who, um, again, when they start to look into things like a good Ukraine thing, and then you see the shady crap that Hunter Biden's been doing, right? So he was getting paid $86,000 a month to consult on with this UK, Ukraine company or whatever. While that was happening, and his father was vice president. Um, okay, again, not to judge, but but all of this stuff would be treated differently if it were Donald Trump Jr. In 2015, he was in the Ashley Madison dump. So he was oh, he one was? of those. Yes. So he was one of the people that was. I didn't even know that. <laughs> yes. And so he was married at the time. So he was on Ashley Madison, which was a site to where you go to find other married people to cheat with. And uh, Breitbart was the one that noticed his email was one of the ones included. And at the time he said, that's not me. My email was hacked. It must be the Russians. Like he basically said, no, it's not, it wasn't me. And, the, and then they said, really? Because it, it comes with all this data. And if you look at the longitude and latitude, whoever set up the account, set it up at the college where you were working at the time, like in your office. <laughs> <laughs> like the- It's the Russian, man, those Russians are sophisticated. They got right into your office, right? So first that happened and he lies and says, that wasn't me. And then, then he starts a relationship with his um, deceased brother's widow. So he starts a relationship with his, um, with his brother's widow. And while he's in a relationship with her, he knocks up this woman and then he for the past year and a half so there's this woman who, who's been for a year and a half or something she's got a 15 month old baby who's been trying to get him to pay child support and saying this is your child and to the media and they've just printed it as if whatever he says is fact that, that he's been he said i have i didn't even have sex with her i've had no relationship with her so this dna test just came back that proves it's his son <laughs> a miracle Right. It's a miracle. Oh, also same dude kicked out of the air force for, um, because he tested positive for cocaine, right? Like just everything about this guy is a walking nightmare for a professional, a, a political, like, like for a politician like Biden. Right. He's and a treasure trove of, 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 uh, slander stories and like, you know, stuff that you could, you could use against his father politically. He's like a, you know, right. Oppo research. He's like, the, he's, you keep going to his son and you got a never ending list of things you could throw at Biden if you wanted to sling mud. Right. It's just, it's just, um, you know, you could, it's just scandal after scandal after scandal with this guy. And if it were the reason why it's interesting to me, again, everybody's, you know, this guy clearly has problems, is broken. God bless him. I hope he is dealing with it. And deals with it but like i don't really care so much about your personal problems except for the fact that if it were donald trump's son it would be everywhere like that's that's what blows my mind about this story is it i think it's a great great example of the double standard yeah i'm not i'm not like uh i'm not shaming i'm not saying like biden should have like this isn't biden's problem we're not i'm not i'm not angry at biden for this uh it's just did you see the media? Um, I mean, so he was asked about this at a press conference and he said, uh, and as a personal matter, I don't want to talk about it. Okay, fine. Right. Um, but uh, if you'll notice, there's a woman, I've, this video is going around the internet. There's a uh, woman from another press organization. I don't know uh, which one, but she's a, a different reporter that didn't ask the question. 
when the reporter asks the question about Hunter Biden uh, and the DNA test, that reporter, it's standing there is like oh, rolling her eyes like, oh, she'd be all like, over it. You're a reporter. You should be asking these questions <laughs> like this. is This is what reporters. This is what you I mean, you either should or shouldn't be, but it should be applied universally. Like, I actually don't care about a lot of like, especially the personal life of someone's child. Like, exactly. Okay. But so I might not ask the questions, but I, I guarantee you she would be asking Trump about Donald Jr. if there was something like this going on. But because Biden's being asked, she's rolling her eyes like, oh, this is stupid. Ask these stupid questions. Right. Um, it's like making... when, um, it's like when Tim Kaine's son, so he was running on the ticket with Hillary Clinton, the vice presidential candidate for the Democratic Party, and his son was arrested. He was he was a, one of these masked Antifa thugs, and he was arrested, and it barely made the news. It's like your son is out there with a mask on in a violent mob of people, and that barely makes the news because it's a double standard. Well. You're making, this was not what I was going to talk about, but now I want to. Um, did you see the New York Post article about um, Grace Mullane? No. She was a British backpacker. She was killed, chopped into pieces, and stuffed into a briefcase or suitcase. Wow. No, I did not see that. Guess what the New York Post decided to lead with as the headline about her? What? Here we go. Here, this is the cathedral for you. Kill backpacker Grace Mullane was into choking BDSM. Why? Okay. Why is that what they're highlighting? Uh, I guess because <laughs> I, I don't. I guess maybe the defense was like, "Oh, we were just having sex, and uh, it went too far, and she ended up chopped up in a briefcase." I don't. I don't know. Like, I don't know, know how that's a defense. Like if there was a mistake during a fetish, you don't chop them up and stick them in a. But they do they know who killed her? Like why are they trying? Yeah, to he was convicted. Okay. Yeah, he was convicted. I don't know. The, I don't have the guy's name here. But yeah, he was convicted. Um, but this is what they lead with. It did. It's just the reason I think this is annoying is the mainstream media. They're such shills. They're not about news. They're not about reporting stuff that's important. It's just clickbait. It's like, can we stick choking and BDSM in the title and like show a picture of this murder victim so that we can get some clicks? Look how sensational it is. Except, but again, they don't do it for certain people. If it were about, again, they would never, they would never lead. Right. With this if this was, details. if this was related to like a Clinton, this would not be here. Right. right. And, and even with Epstein, it's like they barely covered the fact there's nobody out there doing investigation on like, how did he actually die? <laughs> Right. And there's no, they barely reported the story, which is a bombshell story that ABC covered it up. They had the story years ago and they let it go. And he, I don't think Brian Stetler, Stetler on CNN has, has talked about it yet. I don't think CNN has covered that story still. I'm pretty sure. Well, Have you seen that? No, I haven't. I've seen the mainstream media. They're not saying anything because they all have these kind of skeletons in their closet, you know? Yeah. Laura Higgins says, notice how the CA shooting went down the memory hole. Um, yeah, I guess they didn't, I guess the shooter didn't kill enough people or he was Asian, half Asian. So that was a problem. I'm not sure exactly the reasons. It, they did find out it was a ghost gun, um, which is a whole separate topic that for another day. But um, 
yeah, I don't, I, it, I guess, oh, also it wasn't an AR-15. That's probably why it went down the memory hole. It wasn't an AR-15. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Laura. Asian and handgun. Those are not, not allowed, not worth talking about. That's like the Virginia Tech shooter. I mean, he killed, he was Asian. He killed 36 people with handguns. And yeah. that was, that was the largest mass shooting until Orlando. And they rarely talk about that one because it was, it was handguns. Yep. Yep. Um, speaking of Epstein, I just finally looked at, I don't want to talk about this a lot because you mentioned it a little bit. I didn't watch the interview, but I finally looked at some of the transcripts from Prince Andrew's <laughs> interview. Uh, it, you're right, Carrie. It was pretty bad. And now the queen, he's like stepped back from doing public duties now because his interview was so bad. Um, but he was basically like, he denies, you know, I don't remember meeting this girl. Uh, he like went to stay at Epstein's house after Epstein had been convicted of yeah, uh, um, pedophilia, basically. I forget the sex trafficking or whatever. After um, he was convicted. And the dude tries to pretend like we weren't that close. He just right. let me stay at his house. Who, who but yes, I did somebody... go to his island a lot and I stayed at his house. I'm, I'm like... I basically have infinite wealth and needed to stay at a friend's house when I went to New York, but we're not that close. Right. Like I couldn't stay at a fancy hotel. I, I stayed at this person I barely knew offered me his home and yeah, he was a convicted right. child, like sex. What he didn't mention is along with the home came some underage girls that I'm sure he took advantage of um, while he was there. I don't know. You want to talk about something that's uh, a touchy subject? Are you uh, in the mood for a touchy subject? I don't know. Do I? Am I going to be touched by it? <laughs> maybe. Okay. Uh, maybe you won't care. I can't, sometimes I can't tell. It's not like economics. It's not like I know you'll fall asleep. Um, but I think you might care because we've talked about we've talked about the Hong Kong protests before, and um, you know, like everything, uh, I try and approach things objectively and with nuance. So, uh. What I'm about to say does not mean that I approve of the authoritarian dictatorship that is China or anything they're doing to Hong Kong. But I did watch an interview with Joey Su, who is uh, one of the spokespeople for the student uh, protest. She's like one of the student union spokespeople. And I, so in fairness, it was uh, on DW News Conflict Zone or whatever. In fairness, the interviewer was also obnoxious. Like I didn't like the interviewer. He was like saying low, like weird loaded questions. Like you can't be for rule of law because you're breaking the law. I'm like, they're protest. Like they're trying to make a change. Like, yes, they're breaking the law. They want to change the law. They it doesn't mean that they want riots forever. Right. So like there was things I didn't like about the interviewer. However, uh, I thought her appearance was dismal. Um, and there was a few things that really bothered me. One of them is that the Hong Kong, quote, protesters, so some of them may be protesters, but there's, there's rioting happened. They are beating up children of police officers in Hong Kong. They're bullying innocent people. They put a guy in the hospital on critical condition because he disagreed with them verbally. There's a video of this. And she refuses to condemn any attacks on innocent people. She's, she's like, well, we don't, we don't like to speak against. We don't condemn anything that any other person on our side does. Um, which I think really, really undermines their moral credibility. I agree. Um, she also admitted that 
there's basically no possible resolution because no one, the guy was asking like, well, how would violence cease if people wanted the violence to cease? Like, is there someone that the government could negotiate with who has the authority to like tell people to stop? And she, cause, cause he was saying, it looks like this is getting out of control. And she admitted, she's like, no, there's like, it is it basically, she admitted like it is out of control and there's absolutely no one you could talk to that would make it stop. It's like, all right, well, that's, that's a problem. Um, and just to be clear for people who aren't paying attention, like uh, they are, they are attacking a lot of innocent people with, with this and they're destroying a lot of innocent businesses. They're not just going after the Hong Kong government and they have a list of five demands. The main one that, that got international attention was the extradition bill. That's been withdrawn. The extradition bill has been withdrawn. Um, they wanted an independent investigation into police brutality. They've been offered, uh, like there's international oversight now of the investigation. It's not exactly what they wanted, but it's a step forward. They're asking for other protesters to be released, Carrie Lam's resignation, um, some voting rights, which I, you know, I agree with, but, and, but also something that I think is like petty. They want the government to retract the characterization of protests as riots. It's like, well, like who cares? But there's not, they're not really even really willing to sit down. It seems like they're not really even willing to sit down and have a negotiation and no one has power to do it. So from what I can tell, uh, Every, look, every issue has nuance. I'm not saying I'm, I'm pro-authoritarian China. I support the idea of a, uh, of, of, I'll say, an individual rights-based movement in Hong Kong. I even support the idea of violent opposition in order to obtain that, uh, because I think that opposition to an authoritarian government is self-defense. So I'm, I'm actually even okay with violent opposition of that. What I'm not okay with is you know, beating innocent people who disagree with you to uh, critical condition, bullying and beating on kids of police officers in the schools, um, being totally disorganized and having no clear way to actually end this and move forward. And that's what I think is uh, a nuance that I think is being missed. And just, just so other, just so people know, the UK has condemned them at this point because they're out of control. So it's not, uh, this isn't, um, I, I just, I don't want to get stuck in this black and white thinking of like, rah, rah, everything that the protesters do is is moral and great and righteous and let's just support them blindly. And and like, that's not, they're not all good. And it's not a, there's not everything beautiful about this movement and there are real consequences here. Um, so. I agree with everything you said. And I think, uh, like Laura says in chat, that makes me sad because I was behind them. I think you can still be behind them and call rightfully call say that this is wrong. Yeah, I mean, I'm behind the idea of I'm it. Like I said, the I'm behind the idea of pushing back against China. Me too. Um, so yeah, John Miller says there are trains leaving Hong Kong full of caught protesters. I'm guessing they're going to be China to be imprisoned. Yeah, right. That sucks. I'm against that because they're going to be. They're not just taking people who are doing illegal things. I'm sure they're just taking trains full of people who are even just holding up a sign or doing something peaceful. They're probably going to end up in Chinese prisons abused as well. So like there's there's absolutely abuse on China's side. I, I'm not saying, you know, get rid of all the protesters, but I, you know, it would behoove them to get a little bit more organized and uh, and have some principles that are like, look, we support if you support individual rights, 
then you got to condemn beating children up in school who are family members of police officers. That's not, that's not okay. Speaking of China, somebody, somebody said some, you know how sometimes somebody can put uh, something in a different light and it, it suddenly makes you think about it in a completely a way that you've never thought about it before. And then yep. you wonder why you didn't think about it that way. So somebody, we, we were, I, I can't remember, it was a discussion online and some friend tagged me in it and this person was talking about China and their human rights abuses and um, all the political prisoners. And, and they said um, something like, well, the US has already seen uh, a tour of plasticized human remains on tour in the US from China these cadavers and and we were told it's okay because it's for science and they were talking about the bodies exhibit remember the bodies exhibit i saw it in vegas that political prisoners who were cut up they i didn't i never even knew i just assumed those are people who donated their bodies to science i assumed that was people donating no, their bodies to science. they were from china uh. doesn't that just make you think about that in a completely different That's, way that makes me want to puke yeah because now looking at that means you're looking at someone who was probably tortured uh, and unjustly imprisoned. Wow. Yeah. It just kind of, yeah, that it, I didn't really have any, I didn't have anything insightful to say about that. I just, I remember going to that exhibit and not even thinking twice about it. And now I'm looking at it differently and yeah, it makes me feel not nauseated as well. Yeah. Um, well on that sad note what else can we talk about that's sad <laughs> let's move on to something not as bleak <laughs> uh, I, don't know, well, I don't know everything's so bleak no um we can talk about uh do you know uh this i guess this is kind of bleak but it's not it's not as bleak uh have you been paying attention to bolivia at all mm-hmm so Evo, Morale, Evo Morales uh, was the, the leader, but he's, I guess he resigned and, and fled to Mexico. People are calling it a coup, I guess, although I think he technically resigned. Now he's saying he, they, he wants his resignation ignored and to be reinstated, but he's the socialist leader of, he was the socialist leader of Bolivia. He was just caught on tape. This is just a, you know, just another data point for you people who think that uh, socialism is great, just the wrong people have been doing it. Uh, if I did socialism, it would be awesome. He was caught on tape um, actually talking to one of his socialist supporters back in Bolivia about how to prevent cities from getting uh, food and how to starve his people so that uh, the current government would uh, collapse and he could get back in. So he is talking about how it's necessary to... Um, set up blockades to prevent food from getting into cities and starve his population. So uh, true to form, great socialism. That's how it works, guys. Let's talk about oh. something not bleak. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what do we have that's not bleak? Um, well, in the chat, Knit Fragility says that she's no longer shadow banned on Instagram. I guess, and then she says, I guess my multiple complaints to Instagram finally work. I don't know if complaints work or not because we haven't been complaining and we are showing up in the search again. Although I don't think our posts are showing up under the hashtags that we tag on them. Let me see if, let me see if that has changed yet. 
Maybe but we like haven't, we just haven't been complaining since the very first day. Oh, speaking about good news here, I have a little bit of a good news for those of okay. you who follow Mikey, uh, Mike Carlo, who's, I don't know, Carrie stopped telling us the date, how many days it's been since he's banned from Twitter, oh, but right. it's many is the answer. Um, Mike, God, I, you got to admire this guy's persistence, everyone. He sat down and he called Twitter's main number. And there, after you call Twitter's main number, it says, uh, you know, type your extension. He tried every two-digit and I think every three-digit extension. And then he got the four-digit extensions. And he ended up getting someone. And the person whose desk he got, this person was away, but he has their number now, was the head of diversity and inclusion. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got a plan of attack on Twitter. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. That's he's great. I I um I look forward to this uh, event that he's planning in New York to finding out more about it. Yes, he was also going to be in the Bay Area. He was telling me he's going to be in San Francisco as well. For those of for those of you who's stuck here in the socialist uh the people's republic of california with me we can visit we can visit uh mikey then um yeah knit fragility says complain three days in a row and magically post reappeared um and just, as laura higgins pointed out we mentioned that um the posey parker video from um uh trigonometry had been taken off of youtube it is back up i haven't watched it but it is back up so i think uh, that's the power of trigonometry has enough followers that they're able i think they have seventy thousand to be able to get them to pay attention with enough people talking about the fact that it was banned. He, they got a lot of people tweeting about it, which was awesome. Yeah. So they, I, it's almost like, again, they kind of test these things out to see what they can get away with. I just checked um, our posts on unsafe space on Instagram are still not appearing under the hashtags, but we haven't been complaining. So maybe we should start. If you search for our name, do we appear? We do. We appear under I... search again. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, that's, something i guess yeah. what do you guys in chat want to talk about are we trying to ban fracking uh pr probably i don't know john miller i'm sad about that if it's true but i mean i tried to not pay attention to sacramento too closely because it will just i don't know my blood pressure will go up and there's nothing i can do about it right now um but yeah probably we're pr probably trying to ban fracking we're good at destroying our economy. So, um, did you see Charles Barkley, Carrie? No, what did he do? He said, uh, an Axios reporter, Alexi McCammond, says that Barkley told her, I don't hit women, but if I did, it would be you. Uh, <laughs> oh, I did see this. And she made a big deal out of it. And Yes. And then he gave in he gave in no. he apologized. i know Why? don't apologize i know, I know. all apologize. that outward masculinity and none of the masculinity where it counts buddy stand up uh it, it was funny people can make jokes about that uh but yeah he he apologized and said that they were inappropriate and unacceptable and i'm sure now the social justice crowd will forever leave Charles Barkley alone and never pick on him for anything he does in the future. One of the most egregious uh, uses of the term white supremacist that I've seen by SJWs 
was a couple years ago in an article on, I believe it was The Root. Uh, the, there was a writer there who he's a complete, just insufferable professional SJW uh, opinion piece writer. And he wrote a piece where he actually called Charles Barkley a white supremacist. <laughs> <laughs> and at that point I thought, this has jumped the shark. Like people, even on the left, the SJW left are gonna start like myself are gonna start saying, this is a little crazy. But no, that guy is probably still writing for them. And just one of the most egregious uses of the term I've ever seen. Yeah. Because he's a wrong thinker. He doesn't He doesn't go along with the what they, they want to be able to speak on behalf of quote unquote marginalized people. And when and when you're not saying what they say that you you believe, then they, they have to denigrate you and call you names. They hate you even worse than they hate People like Douglas Murray, who's a white man. They hate Charles Barkley, someone like him, even more. Knit Fragilities. I'm sorry, this is I laughed while you were talking because Knit Fragility wrote in chat. Better sign up for one of those dismantling your white privilege seminars, Charles Barkley. That's really <laughs> I think funny. That would be awesome. I think uh yeah, I think that I think that would be great. I don't know. I don't have a lot more, Carrie. What's been going on with you? You got other stuff to talk about? Uh, no, not really. We have some great guests that we're lining up for interviews, which is exciting. And again, if you guys want to help out with anything, I mean, suggestions to us are amazing because sometimes there are people we haven't heard of, but a lot of the times it's people we have heard of and we are not, we're just not big enough yet to be able to um, command attention from some, not, you know, it just depends. So it's very helpful though, if there are people you want us to have on the show, if you tell them, if you're fans of theirs and you tell them to check us out, that's awesome. Um, yeah, because we would love to talk to more people, and, and we have some great people we're lining up, and um, we also have some we we have we have some fun plans in the works. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't want to spill the beans too early, but yeah, there's some there's some good people lined up. So um, I guess I don't know. I'm not really into paying attention to entertainment stuff very much, but. Um, didn't Sasha Baron Cohen just win, like, uh, was it the Defense League gave him, IDL gave him something? What did he just get? I have no did idea. Pay attention to that? No. I think he just got some award from the IDL. Does anyone in chat know? I'll look it up. Well, speaking of him, though, I, his image was used in an article that I posted recently. We can talk about this. Um, it was an article about how academics are starting to say that anyone should be allowed to identify as black regardless of the color of their skin and i knew it I knew that was coming now it's not a lot uh, and they had a picture of him as ali g as the the headline photo which is kind of funny but um uh anyway so that so what what i found funny about this is we knew it was coming i just and and there's not a lot of sjw's pushing it yet but i think there will be because it's obviously next on the horizon. Now, if you if you talk to most SJWs now, like I just talked to one on Instagram yesterday, and they're kind of hilarious because they're saying, you know, race is a social construct and sex and gender is a social construct. And you can, therefore, because sex and gender is a social construct and sex is determined by how you uh, appear and if you pass or not, right? And they said the same thing about race. They were like, well, because this person basically is saying you don't get to have an opinion on racism if you're white. And I'm like, what about if you're half white? Do you get to have half an opinion? What, what, what do you get to have then? 
And she's like, she said the typical thing about race is a social construct. So it depends on how people perceive you. And if you pass as white, then basically you don't get to have an opinion because people perceive you as white. And if you pass as black, then you do get to have an opinion because people perceive you as black. And I was like, okay, so given that you've said you think it's a social construct, just like you do sex and gender, and you believe people can choose their sex and gender and then pass and be treated as a woman and therefore they are a woman, right? According to you. Um, what about people like Rachel Dolezal who passes black? She passes black for decades. Yep. And she says she was treated. Uh, she, she says she was followed in stores uh, because people thought she was black. So according to her, she feels like she was racially profiled by people who thought she was black. So listen, SJW, you're saying that it's all a social construct and it depends on how people perceive you. So, so I guess if you're intellectually consistent, you believe like these academics are now saying that somebody can choose their race. And then, and then I went ahead and preemptively said, I'm guessing you're not going to say that though, because your ideology is not intellectually consistent. And guess what? I haven't read the whole comment yet, but I saw the notification come in last night. Ding, ding, ding. She's like, ha ha ha. Of course I don't believe you can choose your race. Okay. But yeah, because nothing you say means anything. You don't have any consistency to what you say at all. None of your argument, they don't understand how arguments work. It's like your argument is when you stress test it, it doesn't hold up. They don't know how to test arguments. You know, how we talk about how some of the, one of the problems is that they don't understand what averages are. They don't understand math. And so they don't understand outliers. And when you say, you know, women on average, blah, 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 they don't know what that means. Well, I think there's the same thing to be said for arguments. So if you say uh, uh, to test your argument, we're going to apply it uh, to other categories, right? And see if it holds water. They don't, right. know what, they don't know how to do that. And, and so then they will say, are you comparing? They'll say, are you comparing uh, sex and race? And it's like, I'm, I, am, I am taking your argument and applying it to another area where you've also said things are socially constructed. That's right. what I'm doing. They don't understand what, they don't go through that process. They never test arguments. Right. So I think that's also part of the problem is they're not taught how to do that. I was going to say, they don't even know how to, they don't know. I don't think anything about logic. And I don't mean like P implies Q logic. I mean, like logical fallacies, um, the onus of proof principle. They don't, they don't understand um, any, any of this. And, and it's partly because I don't think, I think they've been intentionally not taught it. Remember, remember, we, I know we want to do an episode on the debates, not the democratic debates. Right. Uh, like Debating. Debate and that kind of stuff. Um, you know, when, when I was growing up, debate clubs were, uh, a great way to practice logical argumentation and, um, and rhetoric, but you would, uh, you know, logical fallacies were something that you would learn and you'd be able to identify them in your opponent's, uh, argument and point them out. And that would help, uh, tear down their argument. And, and then you would make sure that you had, you know, as didn't have any that you recognize, you didn't have any, uh, fallacies and, you know, you understood how to make a logical argument. They've devolved now. I don't know if you've seen some of the crazy debate stuff, but it's like, it's like slam poetry with, uh, it's, it's a hundred percent rhetoric. It's all emotional. And I've there is it. no, there is no, like my opponents just did an appeal to authority. Let's like this. <laughs> That doesn't it's happen. It's all anymore. style and no argumentation. It's 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 like it's the opposite of argumentation. 
Um, it's uh, yeah, it's all performative style. Uh, it's it's no wonder, no wonder we have, well, no wonder we have this kind of stuff going on. So, uh, by the way, my Sasha Baron Cohen comment earlier, it was what I was thinking of was he addressed, <clears throat> he was the, he gave the keynote address at ADL's um, 2019 Never Is Now Summit on anti-Semitism and hate. Uh, which, you know, he admits that he had some hateful characters and stuff. I just think it's kind of funny because the ADL is an organization that um, if anyone they didn't like did the things that Sasha Baron Cohen did, the Anti-Defamation League would be all over them. I mean, he does intentionally racist, misogynistic, horrible character portrayals all the time. That's how he built his career. Um, you know, dressing up as other races, making fun of other races, like constantly. Anyone without his politics would be uh, just totally destroyed by the Anti-Defamation League. They would go after them, him full force. But because he is woke, he gets invited to the NOW Summit on anti-Semitism and hate. Please give us a keynote speech, blackface man. Yeah. Well, that goes back to the double standard we were talking about. Yeah. It's, everything is different when it's them, you know. Look at Justin Trudeau. Look at how, how many blackface photos have to surface. Has he suffered any consequences from that? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> what about the governor of Virginia? No. They, but, and the reason why it matters is because, I mean, look at Joy Behar, blackface photo. No, it doesn't matter. Um, can you imagine, by the way, can you can you imagine if like there was a picture of Donald Trump from a party 20 years ago in blackface or 40 years ago in blackface? I know, again, it's, it, it, it would, would be added to the impeachment hearing. Stop media on it. And, and that's why it matters to me. I don't care if you, I don't care that Joy Behar um, wore, as she called it, skin darkening makeup to dress as an African woman for Halloween. I don't care. I don't, I don't actually think, depending, I think blackface, what I think about it depends on the context. And in that yeah, context, the there's context. nothing wrong with it, in my opinion, in that particular context. Well, but, one of the best comedies, Tropic Thunder. <laughs> it's, right. It's so like, my point is, it depends on context. But the reason why it's important is because they say it doesn't depend on context. And they say it's universally racist and you should never, ever do it. But then when somebody on the left gets caught with pictures from the past where they've done it, they just totally ignore it. They're hypocrites. Right. They don't mean, it doesn't depend on context. It depends on who. Yes. This is, this goes back to the whole thing about be careful that you're not putting your ideology above principles. So if you say you believe something, you should apply it equally and even more so to your own quote side than the other side, because you want your side to be principled. So it, it doesn't make any sense to me for people to um, more more viciously attack the other side for doing stuff they say they don't believe in. You should be you should be more viciously attacking your own side. If if you truly believe that that is wrong, you should be viciously attacking your own side when they do it. Okay. Um, someone says uh, you should have Blair. Uh, Sylvia in chat says you should have Blair on the show. Yeah, uh, agree. Tell Blair that. Uh, <laughs> tell Blair we should have Blair on the show. Um, 
And Sylvia says, have you heard Parker Posey on trigonometry? Yeah, that's the video we were referring to earlier that was uh, just put back up uh, on YouTube. Um, and by the way, so I'm going to, I just want to shout out to Maria Tuscan. I know we, I know people think we're all about the knitters, but uh, <laughs> Maria says she enjoyed my article, my uh, talks on anarchy slash volunteerism and child discipline. You're the only one. That's why I love you, Maria. Fair that those those are the not those are not the things people want to hear about uh especially the child discipline one um but i appreciate you uh appreciate you listening so <sighs> i think i think we've done an hour we should wrap up today yeah i think we can wrap up i think we're yeah. getting we're slowing down there's not a lot not a lot going on thank you queen b um we're rolling into the weekend slowly we are slowly yeah it's just one of those days guys Feel free to come with stuff. We'll talk about anything. But uh, you know, if, we, if, if we're out of things to talk about, we'll we'll shut down. So, thanks everyone. Have a good day. Um, Carrie, do we have anything to report? When are we going to tell them a book? I don't know. We'll put up a poll this All right. weekend. All right. This in the so in the Facebook group. If you guys want to vote on the book, go to the Facebook group. We'll do another poll like last time. There we go. All right. Well, in that case. Uh, thanks for watching everyone. We will. Oh, next week. We actually don't know what the show schedule will be next week. Cause there's, uh, there's, um, some travel and stuff happening for, for Thanksgiving. So bear with us. We'll try and get some stuff up, but there may be some intermittent show availability, but we've got a treasure trove of archives you can go through. So, all right. Um, thanks everyone. Have a good day and, uh, we will see you on Monday. Thank you.